audio stories exploring Yukon College's journey towards reconciliation. Over the course of the series, we'll hear from people who are connected with the college and from people throughout the Yukon. Elders, educators, community leaders, and youth. This is episode two, Elders on Campus. In this story, we look at Yukon College's Elders on Campus program through the stories of three elders, Leonard Sheldon, Roger Ellis, and Shirley Adamson. Teslin Clinkett Council, elder counselor, and um, I belong to the Deshitan clan. Well, the name of the song is Teslin, the beauty you hold for me, and how you're surrounded. If you ever approach or been down to Teslin, you'll see the four gray mountains, there's four mountains that's standing there. Entertain. I play the guitar and I sing, and sometimes I make up words while I sing and whatnot. My audience just uh, sort of enjoy to sing along and whatnot. In the fall, I can tell how colorful you can be. I was sitting home minding my own business one afternoon, drinking coffee, watching the program on TV, and the phone rang. So I answered it. Hello? And a lady at the other end was talking to me, telling me who she was. As they say, don't mention names to uh, protect the innocent. <laughs> but anyways... I said, well, why are you approaching me? What do you want? They said, well, we'd like to know if you can fulfill this empty space at the college. So they asked me, they told me to come up. So I came up at the college in Whitehorse. Um, I talked to students. They uh, would ask uh, a lot of different questions, like, you know, some of the students from where they come from, their country, how they uh, want to know about the lifestyles up here in the Yukon, I guess, you know, First Nation, and how we make our living and what do we do uh, throughout the year. I'm Deborah Lee Reiti. I am the First Nation Cultural Coordinator here at Yukon College. 
I'm the cultural coordinator, so I'm coordinating uh, cultural activities, the Elders on Campus program, and uh, we set up, I set up interviews with uh, students and elders. So in 2016, the elder in residence, Randall Titlichi, he retired. And at that point, the college realized that we needed, we needed another elder or elders. We needed some form of program with elders on campus. And at the same time, we also had uh, elders within the community asking us, um, what are you guys doing? Randall's gone. Those students need elders right now, you know. So I was then working with uh, First Nations Initiatives over there. And uh, they approached me and asked if I wanted to run this pilot project of Elders on Campus program. And so, um, so I said, yeah, sure, let's give it a shot. And uh, it has been just life-changing and uh, just amazing as, our, as we, we found a mandate, and that was to uh, bring elders on campus from as many of the 14 First Nations um, as possible and uh, surrounding First Nations, and not all at once, but to have a group of about four or five, five or six, you know, um, that can represent different First Nations within the Yukon and uh, outside, um, in order to connect with the students, for the students to see an elder from their home. And, and also, it's to, we're in an educational institution, and it's also a good way to educate the public, staff, students, that we're not all the same. One First Nation is not all the same here in the Yukon. Within each of the 14 First Nations, there's also different clans, moities, beliefs, customs, and everyone's grown up a little different. So we really wanted to educate everyone on that, that we're not all the same. Don't, don't clump us you know, together. So we ran this pilot project for 2016 to 2017, and it just took off. It was amazing. First group of elders that I brought in, um, it was sure fun, um, bringing them in and figuring out what we can get them doing. And, you know, if, you're, if I was ever stumped at what to do or how to set this up, the elders led. And it was really amazing. They're like, well, the students need this. The students need that. Oh, I just talked to a student. They like to see us do this. And it was great. And uh, so that's how it got started. And uh, it's just been growing since from... A, you know, a handful of students asking to interview elders and a handful of staff saying, oh, can we have an elder come in the class? To this point this year, I don't have enough elders to accommodate all the requests, you know, so. At the time that I was asked if I wanted to try this, to, to lead this pilot project, was actually a time in my life that I just needed to do something more. It's really important to me because as I've grown over the years here, just working at Yukon College, elders have played a big part. I didn't get to grow up with my grandmothers as I was a military brat, and I craved to be around elders, you know. So it was just like a perfect, it was a perfect fit. And uh, for me, it's so important to share with everyone that we're not all the same. And that elders are not just old people sitting there. They are a wealth of knowledge. I want people to come up and talk to them. I want people to ask them. I want people not to be uncomfortable around old people, you know, and uh, talk to them because they want to talk. They want to tell you their stories, you know. And uh, so that's really important for me that, that this whole aspect is shared within the college with students and staff and public. and. Uh, it's also 
a way for us not to lose our culture. Because through oral history, these stories are passed on, these teachings are passed on. And um, I'm learning, and I'm teaching my grandchildren. So this whole concept is working, you know, because that's what's going on. The traditional knowledge that they are sharing with us and passing on is just outstanding between some have their language, um, their culture, their upbringing, whether it was residential school or not, um, whether they were brought up mostly in their non-First Nation culture or not. Everyone ends up coming back home and learning their culture and passing on just their path, what they learned along their path. But uh, they have expertise in areas that, I mean, you couldn't even go to school for. You can't, you know. So it's, it's exciting and the, and the students are enriched. The staff are, you know, enriched too. Just that, wow, look what we have in our classroom and what they're sharing. And you can only learn from them. You can't always read these things in a book, you know. Bringing elders on campus and uh, students coming to ask about interviewing an elder or staff requesting elders to come speak in their classrooms um, is a huge opportunity for staff and students to learn what the process and protocol is around interviewing elders and around working with elders and speaking with them. We're used to a very fast society and very fast day and just get what you need and take it. And, and working with elders teaches you to slow down, teaches you to think about what you're going to say, and teaches you to think about thanking them for what they're sharing. Yes, they're getting paid, but you know, they're sharing every day their personal life, the way they were raised, whether it was good or bad, you know, experience, um, traditional teachings and knowledge. And uh, it really just helps you to appreciate, slow down and appreciate what's around us, where we live here in the Yukon. And the elders bring that to the students and staff. And to me, that's really important. Ellis here. I work as an elder support to the students here at the college. Uh, I talk to the students. They come up to me and ask to ask me questions about um, our religions, our uh, teachings, different cultures that we do, uh, residential school, and the effects on it and everything. It's uh, it's really interesting with the questions they come up with, you know. But I seem to have all the answers for them, and they seem quite happy with it. You know, they come up with their own questions. Eh? Yeah. You know, and some of them, they you know, I'm sorry to ask you this question, you know, and I says, don't be sorry about it. I said, because, you know, how are you going to learn if you don't ask? You know, so, oh, okay, that's good to know. I said, that's how you learn is by asking questions. You know, it's good. It's passing on knowledge and uh, to make other people aware of uh, of the effects and stuff that residential school has done to survivors and to understand, you know, it's uh, something they can be more um, sensitive to and don't label them, you know, 
that's what I'm trying to tell everybody. Don't label them or don't judge them. Go with an open mind. That's what I'm trying to pass on. You know, it's just, you know, you have personal problems, you know. Said nobody really knows what you've been through until they've heard your story, you know, and that's, and that's what people need to do is, is uh, get it out, you know, and tell their story. I said, you know, I said, you can't carry that garbage around with on this. That's why I do this, because I said, I try to get others to speak out, you know, and uh, get rid of it. I said, that's what I, that's the kind of work I do, because I've been there and I've done it, so I, now I'm passing it on. My name is Shirley Adamson. I'm a Yukon resident, always have been, and probably always will be. I was born here in Whitehorse and lived in the Whitehorse Lake LaBarge region and around Fox Lake as well my entire life. Every time I leave, I think that I need to get back because this is the best place for me. with the college because after my retirement, I um, I was doing small contracts here and there as a, a, a speaker. I would talk about my experiences in land claim negotiations and Aboriginal politics. I um, spoke um, at every opportunity that was presented to me about the importance of revitalizing and encouraging the use of all of our languages and to to also revitalize our cultural practices. And I also spoke about land-based medicines, everything that I was taught as a child that I learned from Aboriginal elders, whether they were family or or other elders that uh, that influenced my life, especially during my formative years. And I would share that as much as I could. And I found myself here at the college uh, co-facilitating a two-day workshop on negotiating the Yukon land claims, along with Kirk Cameron. And one of the uh, participants was a young woman named Deborah Lee Retty. And a few days after that experience, I received a phone call from her saying, you know, I'm, I'm putting together a group of elders to be elders on campus. Are you interested? And I said, well, I, that sounds interesting, but I, I don't know what that means. And she said, you know, it could mean anything you want it to mean. You... Um, could come in and tell stories. Uh, some of the elders are here to um, to be advisors to the students if they wish, and either in education or or life experiences, whatever they the students needed from the elders. Um, some of the elders come in, make bannock and tea, and 
uh, cook for the students out at Roddy's camp. Others go into the classrooms and lecture. And I said, sure, I could do that. That would be really great. Three of my daughters uh, attended Yukon College, so I've always had, um, you know, I've always had uh, a, a high regard for this institution. I also sat for a brief period of time on the uh, Board of Governors. So I, I, um, I think of this place as a, as a really undervalued resource. Yeah, I said, I, I'd love to. And she said, good. Uh, right after uh, this month has ended, we'll start you in November. And But I really appreciated that. And I found since then the experience to be really fulfilling for me. It provides me opportunities to to go into classrooms and talk about those things that are important, uh, I think, for Indigenous um, healing and uh, language and cultural revitalization. And I try to speak always from my own personal experience, because that's really what I was taught as a child by elders and tried not to deviate from the telling, especially of the original stories. I tried to match the, uh, the stories about creation and what shapes us as a society and as a, as a, uh, as a people um, to the traditional stories, to science. Um, you know, I share stories that I heard as a child about uh, that documented um, creation, how this, how light was brought to this world, how land was created, the earth was created during the floods. Um, you know, I, I, match those stories to the stories of creation in the Bible to help people who never grew up with that kind of learning through storytelling to be able to grasp to grasp the, the teachings in that. Um, you know, I use the traditional stories I heard as a child to to bring recognition to the knowledge held by traditional people about the natural phenomena that that shaped our lives. And I tell the story of the daughters of the sun to explain to people um, how we how we uh, we know where the volcanic ash comes from that that covers this this land that we live on, and how. Um, Science uses that now to determine age of artifacts. The first testing of age of artifacts found in this area. I use the traditional stories told to me by the first time I heard the story. I heard it from my grandmother, but I remember clearly Mrs. Angela Sidney telling me this story when I was a young reporter and, and recording the elders about how Flint was brought to the animals and the people. Um, and, you know, I, I matched that to the discovery of flint caches in the area that Mrs. Angela Sidney described to me where, where flint was taken from uh, the bear who kept that flint and how it was flung out for anybody to use. And now, you know, I look at the discovery of those flint caches and I think, you know, how amazing it is 
to learn in that way because those stories are just ingrained in me. You know, I use the cultural teachings like um, how we inherit our clan names, our clan status, and our authorities and jurisdictions through our mothers and compare that to uh, scientific findings of uh, the mitochondrial DNA and how a person um, can track their own ancestry using their mother's line. And I help students to see and I hope see and understand that we had that knowledge. And I know we've had that knowledge for a long time. and grateful to the knowledgeable Yukoners who took their time to be a part of this project and to help tell this story. This audio story was produced by Leanne Chalikoff for Yukon College. Original music is by Jonah Barr. Find us on iTunes or look for the next episode at ourpath.yukoncollege.yk.ca. And while you're there, you can sign up for notifications when a new story is released.